Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Obviously not. <laughs> I, this, I was just telling them that there's something wrong with the station. It's not the, the countdown thing was gotten all screwy, and it, it, it just went nuts. It was, it was. I still had a minute left, and I looked down at the clock, and it was already past the hour. And then I couldn't find the theme song so we'll put that in in the editing that we're obviously going to have to do this is cosmic reality radio show june 6 2023 this babbling fool that's listening that you're listening to is nancy hopkins and with me is walt silva and dolly howard and um i'm gonna say hi walter <laughs> hello 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 dolly you want to say hi to the audience? Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> thank you for a very conflicted e- uh, evening and a weird one, but uh, here we are, and we hope we keep you entertained, <laughs> if possible. If possible. Uh, uh, Dolly, say hi. Hi. You know, this, we were talking about how crazy things were. And you said it was probably my service, and then you had trouble with the radio. <laughs> I mean, that was really because you heard me. I said I had to reset it. You know, I I reset the page, and I had like one minute fifty seven seconds, right? And so then I'm doing I, whatever, and I looked down, and no, I didn't have that. So it lied to me to begin with. And then, uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> we're here. We're here. We don't have anything to talk about, of course, but then we don't hardly ever have anything to talk about. But we do find things to talk about. And we were talking about just now, all right, this is, this, this is how this date this went. I said something. I, I said, oh, knock on wood. And then I said, well, what, where did that come from? And so I Googled it. <laughs> and if we don't do anything else, at least you'll know that knock on wood came from, is thought to come from, the folklore of the ancient Indo-Europeans or possibly the people who predated them, who believed that trees were home to various spirits. Touching a tree would invoke the protection or blessing of the spirit within. So, there you go. You, You say, you know, knock on wood, you're touching wood, you're connecting with Mother Nature. You're asking the, the wood spirits, the nature spirits, to protect and bless you. So right then, there, you got something to take with you tonight. <laughs> well, it also explains why you can't take everything for, uh, what do you call it? You can't consider that you have a right to everything and consider that, you know, take it for granted. Oh, this is my wood or this is whatever. No, no, you, you have to take into consideration uh, just because you, you have a permission to walk through the wood doesn't mean that it's your property and you can do whatever you want with it. The, the living beings there have a right to existence, uh, the right to the reality. So that's why you, it's etiquette. It's the correct thing to do to, you know, ask for communication, 
and you want to, okay, who's there? Can you help me? I mean, that's the, that's the, that's what what is it? The Native Americans used to call it parley. They don't just walk into each other's spaces and uh, hey, you there? Can you get me the? No, no, you, you, you. <laughs> there's a ceremony to show respect and how you begin communication. That's I, I mean, it, it's crazy that uh, here the the Native Americans were considered wild men. But yet they are the ones that understood the principles of the etiquette of communicating with someone, not just doing whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, the Europeans, they thought they knew better. They they thought they were cultured. <laughs> well, those American colonists, they took it much farther because the Iroquois of northern New York area, it's very, it was a lot, I think it had like six different in quotes, tribes associated with it, but the Iroquois nation, that's where the basic foundation of the United States Constitution came from. There were some of the uh, founding fathers were really taken with the Iroquois because of the way that they, 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 it was like a federation, just what the states are. You know, the states came together to make a federal government to be able to take care of the big things that it's easier for one central place to take care of stuff like building railroads, you know, running the post office, uh, negotiating with foreign powers, even even to the point of making war, uh, federal government much better than each state doing their own thing. But that was uh, because that's the way the Iroquois lived. They had the tribes, they would come together they would make decisions regarding the best way forward for the nation versus the best way forward for this tribe or that tribe. It would be negotiated. And uh, so, yeah, if you go back to the basics, it's like, okay, let me give you something. On Radio 5G tomorrow, Yasmin West is going to be with us. We've already done the show. We pre-recorded. And they got, she and Mark got into a conversation about urine therapy and Walt I bet you know about urine therapy do you I've yeah I've been practicing it for years I, I learned it all the way back in New York oh my god oh my god okay we got to talk about it all right but <laughs> before we get into the concept of the things that you well maybe we should well I'll tell I'll set I'll set it up so initially I mean I don't know I know virtually nothing about it but you know, sometimes when I have to, I can pull information from the ethers to give me a little bit more understanding of what we're talking about. And so I get this this remembrance or download or whatever it was, but I remembered, okay, something in your body uses the urine, but the urine has everything that you need to heal your body. And I don't understand what that's all about, but I'm sure you do, and you're going to explain it to us. But it answered, well, one time Derek said something about, you know, only 10% of all the water you drink actually gets into your system. And I thought, oh, that's preposterous. That's just insane. But then I, he's hardly ever wrong. So I said, well, well is this true? You know, well, yes, it's kind of true. Well, what are we talking about here? And it would seem, and then uh, uh, Yasmin said that it took, 
there's no way that if you gulp down some water, there's no way that that water is going to get into your system. It's going to you're going to piss it out because your system is regulated so you can only absorb into your body system. I think she said 10% of the water that you really a certain amount of water in a in a given like an hour or so. So, you know, drinking a lot of water isn't really the answer. The answer is structuring water or urine therapy apparently. But just just because we're talking about Native American and what they knew and what they didn't know. One of the mysteries of my life has been ancient times when nomadic people were traveling through areas where there was no water. The middle of deserts, they'd go for, you know, days, weeks on time, by foot, and, and no water. How did they possibly do this? Well, maybe they understood this connection to urine. And maybe they didn't have to take all of this water that most people would think that they would need if they were reusing their own urine and keeping themselves because the urine your own urine is but you're compatible with your own body and so it's absorbed right back into it and you know how i I, to me this made a lot of sense oh okay so they knew stuff that we didn't know we don't know or they're keeping from us but one of the more interesting things that was brought up by yasmi is that this concept of urine being healing has been known for decades by the pharmaceutical companies and they're actually putting in uh how is i I don't know how she she had a better feeling for the statistics but they're putting urine in pharmaceutical drugs because of its healing potentials and and i'm like oh my god this is insane and one of the ways that they got it was this porter potty company had uh put out a system where they could isolate the urine and then they sold the urine to the pharmaceutical companies (laughs) that ends up in the pharmaceutical drugs so um it's an. I mean, where, where is the where is the deep end of this pool when we we start to learn how the pharmaceutical companies have been completely taken over the world by giving us stuff that is based on natural healing, but they don't let you know it, and then their own chemistry in it to keep you sick enough so that they make money on you all the time. I mean, this is the this is the paramount. Are you people insane? <laughs> you know, why are you listening to these pharmaceutical companies? Uh, I mean, the pharmaceutical. Well, that just goes to show. Sorry, I need to interrupt you, but that just goes to show why the Chinese are ahead. Because that very simple detail of the uh, medical philosophy that, that that's why they're going. They're they're winning. Whatever it is that they're, they're fighting for, they're winning because here. In the Western world, the philosophy is, okay, a per, the person is profitable if the person is sick. So as long as we hold a patient sick, constantly giving him, uh, you, you become a drug addict, a legal drug addict for the rest of your life, because that's how you, they make their money. As long as you're sick, you're profitable. Okay, case closed. Well, the, the Chinese have a, the opposite philosophy. 
You you pay the doctor, yes you do, but you your the job of the doctor is you pay the doctor to keep you healthy, and keep you healthy and so that you can have a normal life so that you can do your work and everything. As long as long as the minute you get sick with anything, no matter how complex or how simple it is, you don't pay the doctor anything. You can even get an up an operator operation, free. Because you you came down with something or you you had a terrible accident and you need an operation, well you don't pay the doctor. You only pay to keep you healthy. So that's I don't know how they that must have been a, a branch of the cabal that uh, was they got away with using 5G with all those people that died in China. If you remember the people in uh, what was it Wuhan or one of those cities that was affected with the with the 5G. That must have been, you know, a cabal operation that they got away with that because I don't see the the Chinese doing that with their with their own people, unless some some uh, someone got away with it because their they their job of the doctors is to keep people healthy, functioning, not not keep them sick. So that's why I think they they have a winning philosophy. Their idea is keep the people healthy. But that's why I never understood that Wuhan thing and all the people that fell in the street bleeding from every orifice. It must have been a, a cabal operation. Sorry for the interruption. Keep going. <laughs> Low? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, you, you took us way off track here because I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> Maybe well, we'll, we'll, go back to the urine that's it yeah i want you to explain urine therapy why does it work tell me tell me what you know about it why have you well, been using it for all there these is years? a i'm going to i have to find it out for you it's uh it, I, I got the information from a website um i mean when i was in new york uh back in the 80s and 90s uh, i learned from it from my naturopathic doctor and he showed me, he was reading a book, the book was in Spanish, and the title of the book in Spanish was The Water of Life. And all about the book, everything, all the subject of the book was all the um, positive, constructive things from, from urine, you know, or urine therapy and all the, all the other, all that stuff. So at that time, from my doctor I learned, he said, that, the way that he explained it, the best urine to drink was the very first urine in the morning when you wake up and to in the morning to get ready to do you know your daily activity that first urine which is uh, is very uh, strong because it's very concentrated because you're urinating the the stuff that was processed during the night it's, so it's very bitter uh it's not i mean i don't think it's it's so bitter that you're going to faint oh my god this is so it's just bitter what's what you're going to kill yourself because something tastes bitter uh and the the beauty of it uh internally um for uh it it, it has so many benefits uh uh it cleans out the uh, all the um, what do you call it? it it helps to clean out the lymphatic system uh 
it it accelerates uh, healing of uh, tissues. Like for example, if you had a, a, a you had a burn on your skin, or uh, or, or a wound, just just putting uh, just putting a bandages soaked in urine, uh, the healing of that wound, it's like incredibly fast. It's like almost at the very next day you you can hardly see the well of course depending on the the uh, how str strongly you, you got hurt but uh, you have a burn or you have a cut uh, immediately the next day you'll see the difference day and night uh, because the uh, what happened what happened did somebody what we're here. What my, my browser closed up and everything disappeared. What? My browser closed and everything disappeared. Oh, now they're now it's back. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, for example, the, the the doctor, not being a naturopathic doctor, he had a situation where one of the patients that came to him had this, he was a, a man who worked in a gas station, so he would mine the pumps. Oh, again, again with this business, what's going on with the browser? He would, uh, he would, um, all his skin, uh, the skin of his hands was, were terribly chapped, and he wasn't responding to any kind of cream or anything. So the man heard his story, and told him to, uh, instead of washing his hands with water, he should wash his hands with urine. So like a week later, he was so happy because all the all the chapped skin, all the broken skin from the uh, hand, handling the gasoline all the time, it, it went away. The, the skin of his, hand, his hands was fully healed. Uh, so. Okay, let me ask you, let me ask you mm -hmm. something. So he washes his hands with the urine. Then does he wash the urine off, or is he walking around with his hands covered? No, you let you let the skin air dry. And guess what? Uh, I challenge you to do this. For all those that are squeamish about the smell of urine, not that it's going to kill you or anything, <laughs> but if you soak your hands in urine and just let it air dry, there will be no smell of urine in your hands. Let me well, tell you. Yeah, the urine's still in your hands, right? Yeah, but there's no smell. Well, I don't care about the smell. <laughs> Having somebody around me that's got urine in their hands, or I've heard that you use urine in your hair or put it on your skin, it's not really uh, something I think about being a really good thing. Oh, yeah, let me have a urine hug. <laughs> well, well, you have perfect health. What do you need urine therapy for? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I am completely grossed out. <laughs> well, well, anyway, anyway, years later, years later, here in, here uh, in, uh, in Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, uh, I, I forget I, who was the member of the group that sent me the information. This gentleman sent me this website that um, this discussed it was it was discussing the principles of the philosopher's stone. Remember that thing in, in ancient times. They were constantly going around back and forth about this philosopher's stone that will give you magical powers. And it, it, it turned out that there was some truth about it. 
but uh, um, the energies of that philosopher's stone was not coming from some stone in nature. It's coming from you. The uh, the the process it, it called for you gathering, uh, you know, a, a, a certain amount of urine, your own urine, and putting it through the, a distillation, a water distiller. So the you distill it and it and it's crystal clear because you've gotten rid of all the uh, all the other other um, materials and it smells like uh, ammonia. And and you and you do it again. You distill it a second time, and you distill it a third time. And the um, the the smell of ammonia disappears. Only a, a, a taste of it is left behind. And the and the principle of it is that if you drink it, not only the, it it energizes the body and heals the body, but it begins the process of rejuvenating the body. Because you're getting rid of the materials, and you're just—it's like your own energy went back into you. So what you're—it's almost like remember when we were talking about homeopathics, how a homeopathic is you're dealing with the energy of a substance, not the substance itself. Something like that happens when you multiply when you do a multiple distillation of urine. It's like a, what's left—it's not the substance, but the pure energy of it. And it actually has a, not only heals, but it rejuvenates the body. Well, I have a distiller. Dolly, you want some of my urine distilled three times? <laughs> I am not playing with my own urine. I'm not playing with your <laughs> urine. I'm not playing with anybody's urine. It's grossing me out. Well, you're taking pharmaceutical drugs. There might be urine oh, in there that somebody own... confiscated God, from a porter Dolly. Porter tall, porter tall toilet. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't, stop that. I can, yeah, I can, hardly, I can barely hardly listen, listen to this. <laughs> oh God! Oh, she's going to well, go to the urine. I mean, I, I honor the people that are doing it. I, I'm not saying it's not true or anything. It's just kind of something beyond. Well, I, I'd have to. I'd, well, well, there I was, there was the one source of uh, medicine in, in, in the Roman Empire. There is a, you know how you enjoy um, history, the channel, history channel. There is a, there's a series that were, that was broadcasted on from the, the history channel, uh, followed by, um, you know, uh, not uh, Terry Jones, not Terry Gilliam. Terry Jones, he he was one of the actors who used to play a, a role. And remember uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, one of the one of the British actors that was uh, played a character. Well, he because he's a writer, he was um, he got this his, his this gig where he actually wrote for the uh, History Channel and. Uh, you don't see his face, but you hear his voice because he's narrating the stuff that he wrote, and uh, he he's narrating about life in ancient uh, Roman, the old Romans. Like all, all the, for example, give you an example. Uh, 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 what do you call it? The prostitution was such a common practice is that uh, they actually had coins for prostitutes. So you had some coins. The, the all of the coins have the different um, 
uh, uh, symbols on it. Some indicate what, what kind of sexual position you want to partake. So you had uh, the, these coins that, uh, depending on what kind of uh, sexual position you're going to enjoy, that's what the coin looks like. So that's what you have to use to pay the, you know, you know, the person. So they had, they, they had, it's interesting, there's so much stuff going on that we, they didn't teach us in school, not in, in uh, school history. And for example, when, the, when he spoke about the uh, medical knowledge that they had at that time, for example, one of the things they did normally is collect human uh, urine because from human uh, urine, they got tons of medications, like for example, uh, if somebody needed a uh, hormone treatment, they used human urine. Uh, urine. There was a tons of stuff that some of it they would uh, crystallize it. Others were kept liquid. So the 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 pharmaceutical time at the time was like mostly made up of uh, urine, human urine. Now wait a minute. That's really interesting. You go from talking about urine. And then you're talking about sex. So I'm trying to figure out what you have to pee on each other. No, I'm talking about. I'm, and then I'm you go back to urine. No, you I'm talking about a, a program in the History Channel. I am telling you about a program in the History Channel written by uh, Terry, Gil um, Terry Jones. And, uh, and he talked about all the th interesting things about old uh, Rome. So uh, I'm describing this thing. And so among the things that he's talked about, he's talked about like uh, sexual practices in ancient Rome and pharmaceutical stuff. So I'm, I'm just illustrating, you know, the interesting things that he said. But one of the main things was the uh, urine was one of the main ingredients of their medicinal medicinal store. So what does that have to do with sex? Oh, you went there. You, I guess you... you I didn't go you there. You did. I just mentioned something interesting from that show to illustrate this is what they're talking about. Instead of... Uh, instead of Because what do they teach you in history? Dates and fights and who, who this guy killed that guy and blah, blah, blah. What about other stuff? What, about, what, what was daily life was like? What was it like? Nobody knows. Every, every, everything is <laughs> kept... Keep mom. In any case, nobody wants to talk about urine, so I don't know why you're talking about it. <laughs> well, no, I think it's an important subject. I mean, I'm, well, I'm laughing at it, making, but if this is, if if everything that seems true about it is true, then it's something everybody should know because you don't know at what point you know you could be. Who was it? One of the authors of the that book that you mentioned. It's in the other. I've got two notepads working here. Um, he said that if he went into prison and they forcefully injected him with all this garbage stuff, he wouldn't worry about it because he would just take his own urine and be able to counteract all of the things with within the shots. So, um, you know, hey, listen, it's just so it's it's another fact. Take it, leave it, you know, don't think about it again. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. But I will tell you that way back in the beginning of the 90s, a friend of mine went to a, uh, a psychic metaphysical place that they had this woman talking about urinology way back then. 
and she actually was a, a musician and she sang a song about yellow water or something and my friend is trying to tell me what she heard and we were hysterically laughing i mean it was like are you kidding me well then give it a couple of years and i end up meeting this woman her name is susie and she and peter like one of my best friends they became a, a, a couple, a music couple. They started to, you know, play uh, together in different venues. And I, she's coming this, this uh, on the 23rd, she's coming down for a visit. And I haven't seen her in a couple of years, but I'll tell you, two years ago when I saw her, she, she's, I think, eight years, nine years older than I am, maybe. But she doesn't look her age. And I have to assume she's still been using the urine therapy because she was such a proponent of it. But she does not look her age. But I have to say that when I hug her, I do kind of hesitate. <laughs> Where do you have the urine? <laughs> you know. Um, but it's something that just keep in the back of your mind. If you're ever locked in a, in a cell and you don't have any pharmaceutical or any doctors, your body is the best doctor in pharmaceutical. Well, you know, nature knows more than man. And one of the things it makes you wonder is like, for example, uh, when cats are taking care of their kittens, uh, they don't, they don't waste the, the kitten, the kitten's urine. They they drink the urine from the kittens. Have you noticed that? If I know that you've had cats. And dogs do dog, Dogs do the same. Yep. Yep. Gee, I hope you enjoyed that. Are we entertaining you yet? <laughs> uh, see, I told you, Dolly, all we had to do was to give him a subject and he'd take off talking about it. <laughs> Uh, Next time you should be a little more definitive about the subject. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, you you got you got locked on the sex thing. I was following it fine. <laughs> no, he. Well, what happened? He's talking about the urine. Then all of a sudden, he's throwing in sex. And and I'm thinking now, how does the urine tie into the sex? Because I try. I mean, I'm. It just didn't make sense to me. You're 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 thinking of uh, all those years you experimented with the golden showers and that kind of stuff. Oh come Hell on! no! <laughs> I don't ever experience. I never did that. Whoa! P goes in the toilet and then gets flushed down it. <laughs> Unless you're in the woods. Unless you're locked up in a prison. Okay, Why going to be locked up in a prison, though? <laughs> Jeez, I, well, I couldn't, see, I couldn't follow that conversation. <laughs> cognizant dissidence, that's all I can say. Okay, so, um, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't know where this week went. Uh, time has just gotten so convoluted to me. And I don't have uh, a lot of notes here, but I do have one that I just got because I had the uh, five on before I started the show. And we've been saying, I mean, if we go back, I really wished I had started making a list of all the incredibly stupid, stupid things that people are doing. 
Uh, one of them is that the mayor of New York City is now going to pay private people to put up the homeless people coming over the border illegally. They're going to pay people to take care of the homeless people coming over the border. Uh, this is insane. What does this mean? How long are they going to stay? How much money am I going to make? I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's just another one of those really uh, totally insane things. But another one, and I didn't even get the city that this is being done in. Because it was like, I, I was doing other things that it caught my attention. For $11,000, they are putting out vending machines, probably in New York City, that have, this is some of the things that are in it, okay? A crack pipe, lip balm, because when you're smoking crack, your lips get all chapped. Condoms, in case you 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 sober up enough to put a condom on because you want to have sex. I'm not sure if you can with COVID. I mean, with this stuff, I don't know. You get a COVID test thingy, or you can take a COVID test. I they either said vitamin D or vitamin C, probably vitamin C, and it's all free. So they're putting these vending machines out to give people this. There's some other things in there, too. For 11 grand, they're building these things, stocking it, and people can have a safe way. As this guy, this young man that was telling why this is going to work. They deserve to have everything that they need right away. Okay, a crack pipe, a lip balm, condoms, COVID test, vitamin D, and... Uh, What's that about? And Gutfeld pointed out, he said, so let me get this straight here. We're going to give all the list I just gave you, plus a few things more for free. But a Walgreens in your, your neck of the woods, I think, Walt, Chicago, maybe up in that area, has opened up a new Walgreens. And everything in the store is locked up except for two aisles where you can get snacks and, I don't know, a few other things like sunscreen or something like that. And the idea here is not for security. Oh, they're not afraid of the, the thieving and the burglar. No, 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 they're not. That's not it. This is a new way to have their people have a new experience with technology being behind it at a Walgreens. And they're going to, and the Walgreens, for people that don't know, is, is, was started out as a drug pharmacy type of thing. And, of course, there's everything else in there, including all sorts of candies and ice cream and cookies. And then there's toothpaste and everything you can, can possibly think of, you know, as being fundamentally something that you need, even if it's a wrapping paper. So they're going to lock all that stuff up, except for those two open uh, counters or open rows and then you put together a list and give it to somebody who then gets somebody to do your shopping and then you pick it up and pay for it while you're in the store doesn't this sound like a really good shopping experience and so you're he, gonna spend the day in the 
and whatever the wall, whatever you said, you're just going to spend the day there. Well, uh, Jesse Waters can be very, very funny. And he said, I'm sorry. He said, first off, I've got to write down what it is I want. I don't even know how to spell some of the things I want. And a lot of times I don't know what I want until I see it. And then you got this. He said, this is no, I can't do this. He said, I'm going to feel so stupid. And I know exactly what he means. I can't go through those automated checkout things because I always feel so stupid. They're always. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I you can't know? do it either. <laughs> it's just, and that can, but I can't. Nah, nah, I, I just, no, no, please don't do that to me. But <laughs> Gutfeld, Gutfeld points out the insanity of it. He says, so we're locking up all of the things that the regular people need, but we're giving vending machines at $11,000 a pop full of all this other stuff to the people on the streets that really... They would like to probably get off the drugs, but you're making it easier and easier and easier for them. The next thing you know, you're going to have free dispensaries of fentanyl. It's well, it's, they already hand out the fentanyl. No, no. Where, why would you say that? Well, because they're always saying, "Well, they get the." The needles free and the, and they get their drugs free. Oh no, oh no no no! They don't get the fentanyl free. No no, they don't. They're not selling the. They're not giving out the drugs. For maybe someplace, but they're not giving out the drugs. They're giving you the paraphernalia and the things that'll make you a better drug addict. Lip balm, vitamin C. I, I mean seriously, if you look at the things that are that pe- that people are doing in 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 Engl- uh, Ireland. There, there's some person in Ireland in the government that wants to kill off like something like two hundred thousand cows to save the climate to do a climate change save. <laughs> You're going to kill two hundred thousand cows because they influence, they fart, and they cause a little carbon. Well, oh, uh, that's AOC. She brought that up. Well, they this want people to eat the insects. Of Ireland. What? Oh, in Ireland. Ireland. Ireland is a country of Ireland. They want to make it a nationwide law. No. They're no. going to kill off their cows. Oh, my God. Oh so people so are people going are to eat, eat uh, cockroaches because they want that. They want the humans to eat uh, insect uh, uh, protein. Well, they've done that in, um, what is it, the Netherlands, where, where they took over the farms and they, they're making manufacturers, big com- factories, to process uh, cockroaches for food. The biggest, the biggest product uh, in, in in the Netherlands is is dairy products, and and they're forcing the farms to close down, and they're going to put these bug things. I'm not making this up. I mean, and if, if you're out there, you're going like, oh, she's crazy. I'm not making this up. This is what they're doing. They're the crazy people. They're absolutely the crazy people. And why are we putting up with this? Why is anybody putting up with this? Why would you sign on to the factory that makes this crap? That that you're just playing along with their game. Here, I'll go and help you make the bugs that you want us to eat. No. What's the matter with people? Well, I've been giving this some thought. Um, Senator Tim Scott was on the, the View, 
And he and one of their, Sunny, I think her name is, were into this. She's black, he's black, and there he likes to say that he is not an exception in America. He came from, you know, sharecropper type of environment to be a senator and now running for president of the United States. And so this Sonny says, well, you know, we are exceptions, you and I. Okay, and, and he's like, that's a bad thing to say because you're saying to everybody else that they really don't have a chance that we were somehow or another fortunate and lucky. And um, so I'm looking at this table. There's six people around this table. And three of them are black. Three of them aren't black, but three of them are black. 50% of the table is black. And I said to myself, what's the percentage of black people in the United States? So I Googled it. In the, in the population of the United States, something like 57% of the population is white, is under the ethnic category of white. And in that category, you have your Latinos, right, which are ethnic differences, but they're same. They're white people, supposedly. This is the way I'm understanding what I read. But only 13 percent of the United States is black people. So you two are having a conversation about whether or not there's systemic racism in the United States that a poor black person never has a chance to get up on, on stage. And three of six people are black. That's 50%. How much more equitable can we become? That 13% should be more than 50% in charge of everything? Does this make any sense? What, what are they talking about? I, I don't understand this. The, 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 the black people have, there's a lot more percentage-wise successful black people than there probably are Latinos, and they're at 18% of the population. You know, I mean, it's just like, where is your perspective on life? We're supposed to, the 57% plus all the others, the Asians, everybody else, are supposed to give money and retribution to 13% of the population that may or may not have had some person in their genetics that had been a slave at some point. This is insanity. Well, so, the, and they want to pay the people who haven't been enslaved. It doesn't make sense. N- none of it makes sense. But so, so I'm I'm looking at this and I'm going like, okay, in basically a, a less than a decade, our entire society has been turned upside down, and a bunch of stupid people are running it. Now, are these stupid people stupid people because they are? brainwashed or are they stupid people because they're bullies and just doing whatever they want to do and the more I looked at the concept of bully the more I went what is a bully a bully is somebody who's going to you all know what the definition you've seen it you know who those people are 
And they're loud and they're obnoxious and they cause havoc in the schools because nobody will stand up to them because they're kind of nutcases. So let's just get away from them. Well, what happens when the bullies become the government? All we have to do is get in the bully's face and say no. You know, maybe maybe one person will get beat the shit up. But if the second one beats the shit up out of the bully, then you, you get some sanity happening. The problem is really that we are allowing ourselves to be bullied into going into a society, going into an economy, leaving our religion and everything that means something to a human being and a connectedness to family. Destroy the families. These are bullies. Which makes Which you makes think, why, why aren't they bringing up that issue? The issue of bullying. You know, it was, I think, in schools, but, you know, like uh, somebody committed suicide because they were being bullied. Okay, that that should be uh, something to address. Why aren't they bringing that up? Anti-bullyism. Well, they do, but when you go and you look up the definition of bully, even with the CDC, the most the people who get mostly bullied are transvestites, gay people, and somebody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't believe that. No, I don't either. The people that are bullied are the ones that have some kind of a, a deformity. Now, you can say, well, the lesbians and blah, 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 blah. But what's the percentage of them in the population? Less than 1%. And they're bullying us. I swear to God, a lot of these people that are out there being these, you know, transvestites and doing this and doing that are basically bullies who have taken on this persona in order to be able to manipulate us poor fools who just want to be left alone. I mean, I, I, when I was uh, in elementary school, and I was probably in the, I don't know, maybe, maybe I was about 10 years old, there was the first black family that moved into the neighborhood, into the school system. The only black, maybe there were some others, but none of us knew them. And that black girl was being picked on by some boys in the schoolyard, this little girl. And I'm listening to them, and they're picking on her. Now, see, I grew up in the sandbox, and I was, I was the, you know, a tomboy. I, you didn't want to fight me because I'm going to win. And so I go up to these guys, and I said, stop doing this, you know. And I don't think I threw the first punch. I think one of them did because I never threw a first punch. I didn't need to. And uh, they obviously didn't know who I was. And so they threw a punch at me, and um, that caused quite a ruckus in the schoolyard. And, you know, I'm, I get called into the office, and the principal there is like, why, why would you, what, how, how did you get into a fist fight? And I was, I was, I worked for the office. They liked me. I did things. So I took the money from the milk sales and I would put them in the little, you know, round things. I'd, what are they, you know, putting the pennies in the round things, whatever those things are. And so they knew me. They liked me. I was a, one of the good kids, you know. And here I am. I had a fist fight on the playground. And I said, These, this girl and I told them the story. And, like, they were just kind of stunned. 
like they had never seen bullying in in that school at that time because there was no necessity. Everybody came from the neighborhood. It you didn't have that diversity and oh you're different and I'm going to bully you. That it just I never saw it when I was going through the entire school system. Now you see it every time you turn around. But you know no I didn't get any disciplinary action at the time. But I never saw that little girl again. She never came back to school. And I've always felt really bad about that you know that that my school my neighborhood would have those kind of people in it so i'm really anti-bullying and my my growing up in a sandbox you don't let that stuff happen and i just think that you know we've got to start not letting it happen speak up against it I mean, they. what was it that they just, oh yeah, in New York City, they wanted to put the uh, immigrants up in hotels, uh, and then, no, schools, in the gyms of schools, and the locals protested and stopped it. If, if the people get, just get together and say, no, it's not going to happen. Everybody needs to become... Aware, and I never said this before. I mean, I've been saying it recently, but I told you, you know, you just be, and I still say it, just be very positive, work on yourself, putting out the good energies. We can change it energetically. But, uh, you know, until we can all stand up for the kid that's getting bullied, we're not going to be as, we're not going to be a sane society. We have to start acting out the way we believe we should act out. And so that's my maybe that's the moral of this whole insanity that people teach people to stop waiting for the government to fix anything. It's not the government itself to fix anything. It's it's your responsibility to uh, make make things work correctly and refuse. Like like I used to I used to argue when I was in New York. I used to say if. 50% of the population, forget it, or 51% of the population decided not to do their income taxes. What do you think? The, the government's going to send out the army to arrest every person out from their homes because nobody's paying the income tax? No, they're not. Because the people are the majority. So they, the majority rules. And they they would decide. But if you're so terrified that, oh, the, the, the IRS is going to... Uh, take all my property and all my money and everything. No, I, I can't do that. I, I got to pay. Well, if that's if that's the way it's going to work, then that's the way it's going to work. So that maybe that's what this insanity this insanity is meant to. It's going to drive you insane until you wake up and you you decide. Okay, no, this is my reality. It's going to be what I call, not what the government wants. Because obviously the government isn't fixing anything. In fact, they're they're the ones in charge of making everything as wrong as possible. Well, actually, they did a good thing this last week in that stupid debt ceiling bullshit thing they went through. They stopped the funding of those 87,000 new IRS agents, at least for the short term. (laughs) (laughs) God only knows what will be next. You mean they run out of money? Hmm. Interesting. Well, 
you know, you do an analysis of, uh, who was it? Levine, Mark Levine. I love that guy. He's on Fox Network on Sundays at 8 o'clock. He is really, really very, very, he's a, he's a got a, a, a good, you know, re- resume, but he's, he's a lawyer. But he's also, he's very much into constitutional law. And he was taught, he, uh, he was pulling up documents from like uh, the government accounting office and I forget different you know offices in the government that look at the financial stability of the of the country and they all agreed that by 2034 by 2034 okay everything's going to crash there's no way around it everything's going to crash because the debt that they've got us in is so much more than what we can possibly pay by the uh, what do they call it the GOP the uh, how much how much products how much how much we're going to make as a country in a given year can not even keep up with the interest on the loans and that by 2034 Social Security Medicare it's all going to be gone see those Social Security Medicare are supposedly maintained under uh, a secure financial system that takes the money that you, me, everybody that is paid Social Security tax, that money goes into that fund. That fund then becomes the, the in, what do they call it, entitlement. Entitlement, yes, because it's my money. I put that money in there. Well, that was my my uh, retirement funds that, you know, no, the government has been stealing from that fund for years. I, I knew they were doing that. But, you know, uh, right now there's, you know, the country by the government that he was pulling out government documents. So everything that they're talking about is so smoke and mirrors. Oh, we got this debt ceiling and blah, 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 blah. You people never even once mentioned the fact that it's all over in 10 years. Not going to be any way out of it. And you're bullshitting around like this. And so then Levine goes off and he says, you know, they, the system is broken. The system is broken. You got to change the system. And then he got into a conversation that I had no, I'd never heard about this happening. I mean, I've heard rumors of of having a uh, uh, a new constitutional convention where the constitution is amended to fix the wrongs that are here and i was always against it because i think the constitution in its fundamentals is just absolutely you know god inspired however there are now 20 states 20 states that have agreed to meet in a a state convention conference where they're going to discuss actually changes that can be made, drastic, drastic changes that can be made by the states towards the way that the federal government is interacting with them. 20 of them. All they need is 14 more. You need two-thirds of the states to compel a change in the Constitution. Now, like I say, I was against this until Levine started talking because Levine was able to say this particular 
statement in the Constitution. The founding fathers we know because, see, in addition to having the Constitution, you have a whole series of writings by the founding fathers that get into the details of why they put certain things in the Constitution. And he said they understood this to be blah, blah, blah. But now with the society we're in, this has been manipulated and is being used against us. But if you make this change to it, if you add this statement to it, everything gets fixed. So from listening to Mark, it was like, all right, so there are sane people out there that realize that there are certain things that within the Constitution that are either being ignored or being manipulated. And if you make slight changes, you're going to be able to put change the system. So there's a lot of really, really good things that are happening, but they're not being covered. Not by Fox, not by anybody, except Mark Levine and a few others. Somebody's got a mic open in his rustling papers. So, um, yeah. Constitution. And don't, you know, don't get all worried about all this stuff. This is just the the, the story, the, <laughs> you know, reality crazy place. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's... It's just so insane. But the, the people are waking up all over the place. And it's not just the United States. It's it's all over the world things are happening. And we just have to believe that we just got to make them faster. See, my thing right now is that I believe it's all, we're going to win here. You know, the black dark side, is it, it just doesn't work. It's not going to work. We're not going to let it happen. There's too many that have the knowledge already that, you know, no, I'm not going to let that happen. Just by saying that, you're going to change it by the by the rules of, of enterology. But I think that the more people that get active in it, that start paying attention, that start getting more vocal, and you don't have to get angry about it. Just say, well, let's look at this. I, I remember one time I was with Gene Rockefeller and my next-door neighbor, Sandy. And this was when they had made... Um, they had done a few things, but the 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 thing that that you know got her was they had passed a bill where you could actually have an abortion virtually as a child is being born. And I said, Gene and I were talking, and I said something about that, and Sandy said, "That's a lie. They wouldn't do something like that." I said, "I, I did, you know." And, and Gene said, "Sandy, they passed a law on it. You know, it's like." People aren't even paying attention to the laws that are, are being passed. And yeah, a lot of it goes right over everybody's head, including mine. But if you look at the people that follow this, like Levine and others, he's not the only one. But there are people out there that are screaming as loud as they can. It's like the doctors screaming about the vaccinations. Same situation. The people that know are talking. It's just they're not being heard. So anyway, um, we're kind of like at the top of the hour. Dolly, what would you like to hear? Do you want somewhere over the rainbow or you want disturbance or something else? Over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. Okay, let me find that. Uh, why isn't it showing up? 
Okay. Or I came to sing. Um, you can find that before you find over the rainbow. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. Why? Jeez. Uh, what in the heck? I've got a lot of things on here. I think I might have to do some kind of. Oh, somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> thank God we found something. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Oni, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. And welcome back to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's June 6, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Okay, so that was a strange first hour. (laughs) I hope you guys had a good time with it. Uh, Walt, you there? Do you want to talk about Nick now? Yes, let's talk about Nick. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I was hoping you would. Um, I contacted Nick to ask him how he's doing because Nick lives in Quebec where all the fires are. And I was concerned about his welfare. Well, he sent me, he said he's okay. He didn't even know about the fires. Um, Because he doesn't watch media at all. And he sent a map of where he lives. He circled it. And then a map of the fires, too. So the fires are more uh, west and north of him, according to that map. So he's doing okay. And we don't have to be concerned about his welfare. So, do you have anything to add, Nancy? I can't think of. Well, he wrote a whole thing about the fires and sent you a picture and everything. Oh, yeah, let me try to go get that. I've got, I've got the picture here. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. It. It's okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and read what, uh, what I sent you all. Um, I contacted Nick. Below are the communication. 
from my first contact to Nick to Nick's last communication to me. Oh, yeah. I like his idea about the Eagles. We can talk about that tonight. So, on Monday, June 5th, I sent the email to Nick. I said, Nick, Mona let us know about the fires and sent us a video of the smoke coming from fire, the fires in Canada. I got to thinking about you and think you said you live in Quebec. Are you okay? And so Nick wrote back to me, Dolly, it just occurred to me how about we ask, we all ask the Eagles to drop rain where it's needed in Canada as to stop all those fires. So if we talk to all the uh, Eagles and ask them to do what they see needs to be done about the fires, I think that would be a good idea. This I'm saying to you right now on my own. And then Nick also sent me, Dolly, I did a quick search and found an active fires map. See screenshot below. Most fires in Quebec are far from me, and I'm in the green circle. You'll see the green circle in the map. There is also rain on the forecast for the rest of the week here. And he says, see screenshot below, because he sent us a, a thing of the weather. And so if the eagles pitch in, then those fires are going to get extinguished. That's what I'm energizing, Nick said. And so he sent the map of the fires in correlation to where he lives. And he sent the... Uh, Forecast for the uh, Tuesday through Sunday. And it's all rainy, 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 rainy. So that's good. Uh, that'll help too. But, but uh, besides the eagles, besides us asking the eagles, I think if we send good thoughts out uh, for the just enough rain to put the fires out because we don't want to pray for a whole bunch of rain uh, to flood the people. We just want to put the fires out. I think if we concentrate on that, that might help too, along with the eagles. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Sounds like a plan. Good. Yeah, Yeah, we could do that. See, there's the map. Nancy posted the map in the chat room. Sure are a lot of fires. And uh, I must have skipped the one where Nick says he lives in Quebec and he should smell the fires, the smoke. But he hasn't even smelled the smoke. So, uh, he definitely isn't very close to where the fires are. Depends on prevailing winds. Which way is it blowing? Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, 
Well, it, you know, and again, a suspicious conspiracy buff would say, uh, why are there yeah. all these fires? I wondered if, you know, is this a history like California that you get these fires at this time of the year? Is this something that is not abnormal or is it abnormal and you've got all these fires cropping up in an area of in Canada where the government is definitely uh, under attack by the, the citizens in that the citizens don't believe a damn thing they're saying. I'm sure there's some of them, you know, the crazy people, the bullies, yeah. the bullies. Are <laughs> yeah. the ones who allow themselves to be bullied. Right, 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 right. Oh, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the people who own the eagles, if y'all are listening, please uh, talk to your eagles about helping along with putting the fires out. Well, they don't have to own it to, to, to think about it. Anybody that just... You know, it's not just the eagles. The eagles are part of the eagle grid. But the eagle grid is tied into the Shanghai grid. So anytime you, you, you want to manifest anything and with the assistance of Shanghai, the energies are all there. All you have to do is ask for the, for the you know, the, for Shanghai to enhance your, your thought energies and just see this entire area with no fires, no flooding, just, you know, pono back to normal get rid of all the bad and you don't need to have a device to do that these devices are training us to do that the reason that uh gaia sent me on the mission that became walt's mission and your mission and a whole bunch of other derek a lot of people's mission to get shanghai to the masses is for that very purpose to enhance our own ability to manifest the more perfect world that we want in my opinion and by gosh, it's working. <laughs> it's working. Oh, I think it is. I it's think everything that we have uh, thrown out there to the peoples and and the peoples direct their energies toward that subject, I think we have most assuredly changed over the years. Well, and we had that weird connection that we get with Cosmic Reality Chronicles. I do not have the luxury of being able to listen to those old shows and know what I'm putting up. When I've got the photographs, I can say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, most of the time I'm going at it. And plus, there's so much in a given show that I might not even, you know, remember that was in the show, too. But so I, I put these up blind, right? They're just I'm taking them as they happened in chronological order well again today we had a shungite show we talked about the three three six nine situation we talked about i can't remember even but there were three different things that we talked about in that show that then we talked about and expanded in cosmic chronicles it was so strange it's just been happening you know for the since I started putting up the Chronicles, but today it was really pretty stunning. But those people that haven't heard the Shungite show, uh, again, I recommend it. It was, uh, we went from one subject to, to another. Um, many different subjects in that show. <laughs> I don't even know what to title it <laughs> because there were so many different things happening. Uh, yeah, but <clears throat> one of the things that you missed out on was the discussion of angels. 
because Derek Derek was on a, a a mission to do something, and as he's driving down the highway, he sees this notices this man on the side of the road that was like walking down the road that seemed to be having some kind of a a problem, physical problem. And, you know, he's in traffic. He can't stop and do anything. But at the same time that he sees this, a, a, a cop car is coming, you know, and assisting the man. So he does what he has to do. It doesn't take very long. He's coming back. And when he comes back to the same area, there's an ambulance there. And as he's going by, he and the man who was in distress, they got eye contact. But Derek goes through life flinging energy, as he calls it. What he's doing is he's he's putting out love frequencies to, you know, make it better for this guy and, you know, doing the the being interactive in the event himself by sending out good energy. And we got into, we were just having a discussion about this. You know, he was telling me what was happening that day, which was like uh, unbelievable amount of stuff. But this one really caught my attention because what he what he 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 picked up on it. He said, you know, he said, what if this guy saw me as an angel? He felt. He said, I know he felt the energy. He saw the energy. There was an intense interaction in a very few seconds between he and I. What if he is healed after I've given him this energy? And to him, it was an angel. You know how you you have auto accidents and all of a sudden somebody shows up and they do this thing and they go away and you go, must have been an angel. Why couldn't it have been a, a human being, a human being? who is taking the role of an angel to be able to put forth the energies that that person needs in that moment. And when you're in those kind of moments, the free will thing is out of the picture. The free will thing doesn't matter because it's your part of your reality. Are you going to react or are you not? Most of us look at this and, oh, my God, I'm not going to look or look at that. I mean, you know, it's like you're not you're not in a state of what can I do to help, which is. Put out the love energy. Put out the healing energy. Call on your guides to help. Call on your angels to help. And he said, you know, what a different world it would be if people would react like that. And he said, yeah, they might see you as an angel, but, you know, the more people that do this, the more they're going to realize angels come in a lot of different forms. So that was an interesting experience he had. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was an important message. Yes. Because anybody can do what Derek did. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, when I go into these stores and you got these grumpy, grumpy people working there, they're not happy people. Yeah. You know, I, I just I just kind of like give them a big energy hug. Yeah. And, and, I, and I try to be friendly. And, like, they look at me, you know, like I'm a little crazy. This little old white lady being so open and, how are you doing today? And, I mean, it's not like I'm putting on an act. I'm really, I really am. How is your day going? Are you doing all right? You know, I really do want to know, how is your day going? Because I know it's going crappy. 
But I want you to focus yeah. on that because I'm about to throw you some love blankets and make your day better. And I've been doing this for quite a long while. And I went to uh, walked into my chiropractor's office. This was years ago. And I walked in and uh, the girl at the desk said, oh, I'm so glad to see you. And I said, "Okay, why? And she said, because every time you come here, my day gets better. And I thought, wow, you know, that's an acknowledgement that what I think I'm doing, I'm actually doing. So you might not get any acknowledgments of this, but you're going to feel better for it. You know, there's that all that that saying, I smiled at a stranger and two people were happier for it. So, yep, that happens all the time. Every time I'm out in public, yep. I see I always happen to run into the people who are feeling miserable at that moment in time for some reason and I always smile and uh, talk to them make them respond to me <laughs> I make them respond uh, but after they have responded you can see they turn around watch them walk away you can see they're walking away a lot lighter than what they were walking at toward me it's, and I always get people going in the elevators if there's a big crowd there, even a little crowd, or one other person. I walk in, turn around. They'll, they'll usually ask me, what floor would you like? And I tell them, I say, uh, I want to warn you, I'm very claustrophobic. So um, if I happen to go off a little, just try to ignore me. But I wanted to warn you, and they look. Come me with horror, <laughs> I start laughing, and and I tell, I am claustrophobic, but I'm not going to go off on you. I just wanted to get a conversation started, and so then, then they tell me what floor they're going to, who they're going to see, and why they're going to see them, and and we get so much conversation in before we get to the next floor where they get off. It's all sorts of fun. They turn around, and say bye. Have a good day. And they're telling me, have a good day. <laughs> I just, I love the interaction like that. And when Russell's with me, he's like that too. We have the best time with the people who, who happen to encounter us. Whether they like it or not, they end up having fun. Just let yourself, allow yourself to, let your hair down and don't be embarrassed to talk to people or look them in the eyes. Just do it. You'll be surprised how much fun you have that day. Boy, how'd I get off on that? Because I was talking about it. Um, the, 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 a lot of times it's, it's like the, these young people, you know, it's like they don't know what to think. Yeah. You know, I can, I can read what's happening in their minds. And, you know, they, they come up to the, yes, you know, I need this, blah, 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 uh, you know, and, and they don't engage with you at all, you know. Uh -huh. But I always find some way to uh, kind of shake them out of that stupor that they're in. Yeah. And most of the time what happens is that 
I don't see a drastic change in the in their persona at that moment, but you can see their brain going. All of a sudden, their brain start. What in the hell? Whoa, who this white lady? Because I got I live in a community that's got a lot of black people, you know, especially if it's a black white thing, you know, because white people I guess are afraid of being friendly to black people. I don't know. I don't have any of that in me, you know. They're just as a matter of fact, I didn't really see color at all. I mean, Obama had been re- running for president for three months before somebody said he was black. I said, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you know, so, but I, I, I can see in these young people something that I've never seen before. It's this total detachment, this really morbid sadness, you know, and, and, and it breaks my heart when I see it. So. Whatever I have to do or say to get their brain connected, you know, oh, there was somebody out there that made me feel better because they acknowledged me. Yeah. They They saw me. They saw me. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt about it. I'm talking to you and I'm hoping you're going to have a good day. You're a special person. You're not saying all this, but you are in your mind. You're, You're putting that energy out to them. And who knows? Maybe that's all they need to have a good day, or maybe a good life. Well, you're you're seeing why they're discon- they're totally disconnected by the cell phone. They don't communicate because they don't communicate. I mean, I've seen them a group of uh, peop- six people uh, around the table, and nobody's talking to anybody. They're they're all uh, texting with the phone, and they're pe- they're right there in the table, but they're not talking. Yeah, they're testing, texting each other at the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Man, yeah, you know, true. people think AI is something in the future. No, it's been with us for a while. They've captured people. Well, let me just put myself on mute. You guys are supposed to talk while I'm on mute. We can't do that. You're the, the you're the supreme commander. Without straight orders, we can't do anything. I am not the commander. <laughs> I'm just a person on the boat. Yeah. You know, I think of myself. In, my brother was a coxswain in a in a, uh, his universities. You know, they had the rowing boat things. You know. And uh, I see myself as one of the people rowing, you know, tell me where I'm supposed to row, (laughs) which side is supposed to turn. What do you want me to do? Go faster, go slower. What do you want me to do? You know, I wouldn't want to be the coxswain yelling at people to do this and do that. Well, I guess I kind of do that. (laughs) Where's the gas on this thing? Yeah, yeah, you know, but but the reason the reason I mean. Like I say, we've been doing this so long, I can hear in, because once I get the Cosmic Reality Chronicles up, I do listen to a good portion of them. And, you know, the continuity of our messaging through all of these years is absolutely been dead on. We haven't changed the way that we looked at reality, the way that we've, we've done the radio shows. We have continuity of, you know, myself and you and what Dolly and Jan and and you know those are the people that have been here for since we began, and it's just 
there's a path. We're on it. It's, we're solid. It, it's like, it, it's, I just am so, feel so fortunate that not only did we are we in this particular time frame of absolute brilliant historical change. We're going to get sane again. We're going to go back to, I suspect that part of what's happening is we are having upgrades in our DNA. I mean, for, the story goes that, you know, way back when somebody from someplace mucked with human DNA and went from a 12-strand configuration to a two-strand configuration. And they've had children who have been born. They, they didn't know what was. They were, had certain symptoms. The symptoms weren't, weren't matching anything that they understood. And then they finally, somebody started doing DNA analysis on some of these kids. And they found out that they had three strands of DNA instead of the two. This is, this is scientifically true. It's not gotten much coverage because what would that mean? Oh, my God, we're changing. Um, so I think that we are, in fact, if we were all tested, if our blood was tested, the, the true, in quotation, light workers, the ones that are aware of the changing, aware of the agenda for the change that are, you know, not fearful. They're they're full of faith and knowledge because they have an insatiable need to be able to understand the reality to make the changes that are needed. Those those type of people. I bet you, if you tested them, you'd see that there were DNA changes already. Um, what? Who goes around getting your DNA changed? Because if you get to this level, for the most part, you're not going to trust the medical people to do anything with your blood. Leave my blood alone. Don't touch me. <laughs> so, anyway. And maybe if, maybe they're seeing a lot of it and they just aren't talking about it. Probably what's scaring them to death. So, anything you've got out there, Walter? Have you seen a movie? Have you made a new device? Uh... No, the last the last thing I did was the uh, uh, what do you call it the uh, eagle that went to Pennsylvania. So I, I don't know if they the ladies have it outside because they, they had so much there were so uh, so much work being done in on the property around the house so that they had the eagle inside the house and they were enjoying the having it inside the house. But <laughs> I don't know the latest if they if it's up to up to the outside now, but it's interesting that looking at the map there on the southern southern uh, border of well, if you remember uh, Pennsylvania, it's a rectangular state. It's a uh, it's longer from uh, uh, west to east, longer than north to south. They she is uh, on the northern western corner of pennsylvania right on the edge of the great lakes so she's actually covering the area where nick lives because nick is right on the other side of the great lakes opposite to where uh, these ladies are in pennsylvania the, 
Well, if then the fire should be easily within range of that. Yeah. But I didn't say anything because I like I haven't uh, sent a message to them and ask. Well, did is it finally outside or is it still inside the the house? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can just see these people sitting around their house right now, and they're going like, "What the hell? What just? Why? Why is the eagle turned on? Oh my God! Feel that energy because everybody that's listening to this now and in the future will be focused on it." <laughs> It might get outside quicker than you think, Walt. <laughs> we better put this outside. <clears throat> I remember when I had the cube. Now, the cube is an interesting story. We've talked about it for years. When Walt and I first got together back in 2014, then in, we near the end of 2014, we were talking. Well, he said, well, you know... Uh, uh, Buckminster Fuller says that you shouldn't bother to try to change a reality you should just build another reality that's better and the every people on that reality will come over to this new reality and boom new reality and that Walt said there's nothing wrong with the reality we're living in it was designed to control us and it's doing a damn good job he didn't say damn I did <laughs> and so then I said to him well okay so let's build a new reality I said, I can see this area that is got no ownership on. It's just a piece of space and place. You know, I said, it seems to be vacant. I said, let's just start putting energies in there and build a new reality. Now, remember, this entire genre of this show was called reality sci-fi for a reason. We did weird things. We talked about weird things <laughs> all the time. So... We were talking about this building a new reality. So from the, I think it was, I think it was like maybe September of 2014 into February of 2015, Walt would make different spirals containing different energies. Uh, the first one that we did was the pink rose because the pink rose is the energy of security and protection. And if you're going to do this build, building a new reality, that's a good place to start. But we would just talk about different things we wanted to put in it. And it would, it would almost make itself evident which, which energy should go in next. And so we started doing this, but it, it was weird because it was not the only device that we were being led to, to build. And most, well, he was being led to build it. He would build these things having no idea of how they worked. And then he'd send them to me and I'd get like a download of uh, the direction book, you know, the instruction book. Here, this is what you do with it. And so together we were able to, to build some really intricate energy devices that we understood what they were about. And the most impressive was the uh, cube. And we've talked about this many times. It was six of the Shungite spirals uh, in, in making a, a, a cube, a, you know, a square that had um, it was it was Shungite spirals in this big cube. And the cube was, my gosh, it had to have been about eight inches square, I think. Probably Walt was it eight inches? I don't think it was. Yeah, seven. it's like eight inches. Eight eight inches. And so he, uh, he he builds this, well, <laughs> I didn't know he was doing this. 
we're on the radio and he's saying to me you know I, like I ask him well, what are you working on now oh well I've got this thing but uh, you know this cube thing but it's uh, I'm not sure it, I think it's given me a terrible sunburn and at that time I didn't want to interject any negativity okay I'm glad that happened I wasn't sure it was working seems like it's working I think I'm getting a delivery of some sort. Um, anyway, so he sends me the. He, oh, so he's got the cube. I said to him, "All right, let's talk about this off camera. <laughs> I don't want people getting freaked out about energy devices. I want to know what's happening here." So after the show, he turned on the video, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, this boy looked like he had like at least second degree burns all over his face. I, I, it was it was like whoa. I mean, to me, it looked like pain. And he wasn't feeling, you didn't feel any pain, did you? It was just. No, I wasn't feeling pain. It was just, it felt, felt so uncomfortable because it, it, it's like being in front of the sun. It was, it felt so, 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 so hot, so bright. All right. So he, he, he holds up this cube. And so I'm now I'm looking at the cube. And so I, I said, I, I said to Guy, I said, what what, what I got to tell him? And she said, tell him to turn it off. So I said, turn it off. And he said, how do I do that? I said, just say, turn off. And so he went to a, a you know, a focus situation and he's saying, turn it off. Meanwhile, I'm trying to do the same thing. I feel it turn off. But he's got it in his hands and he said, it's still on. I said, okay, you're feeling residual energy. Put it on the floor. Get it grounded out. And so he bends down. And I don't see him in the in the camera anymore. And after I don't know, maybe thirty seconds, forty seconds, he sat back up, and the it was completely normal. There was no redness at all. So he sends it to me, and I I I'm leery of this whatever he's made. I'm a little leery of it. I saw what it did to him. So when it gets here, I open it up, and I have a this house has got quartzite slabs all through it from the floors and up the walls because of the flooding situation so that it can take floods and doesn't get destroyed. And so it's sitting on quartzite. And quartzite is like, it got a lot, well, it's quartz, but it's in, in big slabs like sandstone slabs that you might see for a patio or something. It's like that. Uh, very, I mean, this. that's why people have a hard time in this house when they first get here. They mostly fall asleep because <laughs> they can't handle the energies. But so it's on, it's on a very, very energetic, in, in an energetic place. So I've got it in the middle of the floor, in the middle of the living room. And I'm sitting there looking at it and it's, he turned it off. We, we didn't dare turn it on. And so I said, um, okay, let's turn you on, see what's going to happen here. And the thing starts to... It, it it turned on immediately and it just sat there for a minute like you know it's on okay and then the energy started building and it didn't take me very long before i went no 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 let's turn off again here let's just turn off turn down be in a neutral position just stay there for a while <laughs> get my bearings on what you what what you are i didn't even know really what what i was working with and um so it sat there for, oh, I think at least five days, maybe more. It was it was interesting because it's right in the middle of the floor. But I never tripped over it. None of the animals seemed to be bothered by it. Uh, they, 
weren't attracted to it. They weren't repelled by it. They just, it was sort of just there. So then some friends come over and we start discussing what we really think should be done with this. And I was pretty certain at the time. Hold on for a second. At the time, I said, I think it needs to go outside. So we decide we're going to bring it out and where we're going to bring it and everything. So I pick it up. And I'm on my way outside. And what, for whatever reason, these two friends started doing something and they weren't following me. So I stopped and I'm waiting for them. And I think it was, I think it unintentionally I'd started, you know, I probably said, okay, you know, turn on. But it wasn't an intentional turn on. It was just because I started thinking in those terms of what was going to happen. And this thing started to get so, oof. I mean, it was like, screw these people. I'm getting this out here, out, out to where it's going to be and put it down. And I did. And they finally get out there. And one of them had a camera and, and, and the phone out to take a picture. And I normally don't like to take pictures of, less than quotes, metaphysical situations because it locks it into a time frame. <clears throat> I'd rather just you know, not lock it in, take it wherever I got to go. So I normally don't allow people even to, to, to do this. But for some reason, I was getting, yes, go with this. But she was having a, a problem because it could, the camera couldn't focus on it. It wasn't, it was, it was blurry. And I said, okay, that makes sense to me because I'm seeing it blur. I see, I kept seeing it pulsing in, you know, from from third D into something else, pulsing, 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 pulsing. And as it was pulsing, it was fading out. It was getting fuzzy. And the other girl said, I'm seeing that. I, she said, I'm not looking at the, at the camera, but I can see that. I can't, it doesn't seem to want to focus for me. And so at that point, um, I said to the girl with the, with the phone, I said, just snap it. And so she did. And so we do have a picture of the cube as it was doing this. And it, 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 you can see that it's not really in focus. That, you know, they were able to capture the fact that you can't get it in focus here. So the cube has been sitting out there in the yard. It took us, like I say, from about September to February to put all these different energies into it. But it made the structure, the energetic structure for a new reality. It's a safe place. It's got love and, and no no wars and it, the things that we don't do no. You do peace, 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 you know, instead of war and no war. And you put these energies out there and you in a place in space and you just build it. And then you go through and you have radio program after radio program after radio program with the reality from my standpoint and probably Walt's too was that we were building a new reality, that we intentionally were doing different things, weird things, uh, taking on any 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 catastrophe, any crisis that was out there. Walt and I were willing to jump in with our imagination and with the tools of enterology to the point that we would use etheric versions of the devices in order to have numerous ones other than you know this the cube or something else we could do and you listen to those shows it's just like mind-bending because we were 
changing reality, one sci-fi event after another. What if we try this? What if we try that? Did we have failures? Not ever really. They were learning situations. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Um, that type of thing. But it, it, I'm so I feel so blessed, Walt. First off, that I met you, and second of all, that you and I seem to be so completely compatible in what we were able to do. You had talents, and I had said to Guy, I said, Guy, you got to find me somebody that can take the stuff that's in my head and make it real. And that's exactly what she did. She brought me you. You know, because I tell you something weird like, I don't know what's happening here, but this, you know, the silver's leaving the the the, the wire. It's just going away. And then you would figure out a way of testing my observations and then figuring out what it was that was really happening behind the scenes. So it was like a perfect merging of... Uh, you know, two separate individuals that never would have even met if it hadn't been for internet radio. And that's, uh, you know, the way that this is all playing out is that the dark side made the internet and they made it for the specific reason of being able to, let's say there's two levels of it. The level that the, the people that were on the ground making it yeah, they wanted to give everybody computer access because at that time the PC was n not even imagined. You know, they had big buildings that would have, they raised the floors by almost a foot to be able to put the huge wires under the floor because of what was the amount of energy that was being used in these different computers that at that time were used in pieces of, of paper. You put it in and it was reading the paper. It wasn't, you know, nothing like we've got now. But again, the, the and I was there, I was in the military, I was in intelligence, I was in electronic warfare, I worked with NASA, NASA, uh, NSA, I worked with them on a lot of different projects that made me very much aware of where the science was in regards to the, to where we were going in electronics. Um, but still, I was, you know, pretty stunned at how fast things started happening. Um, I got the first computer, it was the first computer store in Florida, and I went down there, it was either buy a new used car or buy a computer, one of these brand new computers, personal computer things that I couldn't even believe were there, except I had been told by NSA that they were in, the, in development already. So I go down there and I said, um, I want the state-of-the-art computer. And because I used the term state of the art, they thought I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and so I bought the same price I would have paid for a used car, I paid for a computer. And that thing was an electronic typewriter. That's what it was. It wasn't anything more than that compared to what we have now. But I was there at the beginning of the development of this technology at the higher echelons. I mean... One time I went to NSA and uh, the chief engineer there, he said, I got a gift for you. I want you to, okay, what do you got? And he said, this is the future. And he gave me like a, a like a birthday card type of thing, you know, cardboard that size. 
And I open it up, and there's this electronic chip. I didn't even know what it was. It was something that was in the paper. He said, that's called an electronic chip. And it was about an inch square. And he said, that's the key to everything. He said, you're going to have these computers that you can put on your desk. And at the time, there was nothing like that. And so he told me what they were going to do. And I actually had, you know, he gave that to me. And for years I kept it, but it wasn't futuristic glue. And one time the dying thing was gone. I opened it up and, uh oh, <laughs> where did that go? <clears throat> so um, what I'm saying here is that the, the technology of the internet was just, it just came out of what was happening in the study of electronics. But behind that, there was something else. And I knew that because I had been told by an insider's insider that, you know, they were going to use electronics to build a telecommunication. Remember, none of this was there when I got this information. They're going to build out this telecommunication system that's going to be able to control everybody. That's why I was, you know, my first anti-radio, anti-G5 show was back in 2014. I came across it when I was doing the Chronicle things. I, I said, wow, I didn't believe I was talking about that that far back. But by 2019, I started Radio 5G. Under duress, I didn't want to do it. I didn't think there was a chance in hell that this was going to be stopped. But Michael Henry Dunn and uh, some other people said, you know, no, we need this. Isn't, you know, you got to do this. So we started the show. And within three months, I had seen such a massive change. All of a sudden, there were websites all over the place talking about this 5G radio, you know, 5G dangers. And um, that's when I began to realize, fu fundamentally in my heart, realize that what we had done in the early days, building, using the reality cube to build a new reality, all of this in our minds, all of this in create, you know, just letting our imagination do its thing and being willing to go along with thoughts that you have in your head, particularly, Walt, about building different devices. You know, just go with it. Just just let this information, Some you get a, you get a feeling that you, you know, ought to bet on that horse, bet on that horse. You think, oh, gee, maybe I should get a lottery ticket. You know, get that lottery ticket. Maybe I should go to that birthday party and you meet your, the love of your life. You, you, you listen to the, to the voices in your head. And how they feel in your stomach, in my case, and some people, you know, get it ringing in their ears and other things, but you know, and and just go with the flow, because the bottom line here is that, you know, this reality that we're dealing with is crumbling all around us. Everything is <clears throat> is just falling apart, but we don't have to worry about it because we've already got the new reality built. The superstructure is built. The, the roof is on it. The walls are never there because it's an expanding reality. So you don't have walls, but you've got a central energy field in there. And what we have to do is figure out, well, how many rooms shall we put in here? Shall we put how many bathrooms? You know, I mean, you build the details after you've got the structure. And we have the structure, in my opinion, without a doubt. So it's an exciting time to be in, even though there's a lot of crazy things like vending machines that'll give you a crack pipe. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> don't they say uh, follow the money? Because if you want an answer, who's behind all that? Follow the money. Who who's profiting from this? Somebody is because there's no such thing as a free anything. So okay, who's profiting from this? Remember last time the conversation that we had where why this this uh, theater play doesn't make any sense at all, other than to motivate people to change the reality. Because well, it's a kick in the pants is what it is. <laughs> Get real people. And it's happening all over the place. I mean, Mark, well, I wish Mark was here because in California, there's a group of people that I believe their organization is called the New California. And they're actually trying to secede from the state cap. I don't know what it is because I've never followed it. But apparently it's getting more and more traction. You know, that, that no, we're, we're going to just divorce ourselves from the, from the California government completely. We're going to become a new California. And then there's the, uh, between Washington and Iowa, is it? That there's a group of people that want to secede in Oregon, I think it is, want to secede from Oregon into Iowa. <laughs> you know, it's like th there's a lot happening, and I, and those people that are international people, it's happening probably in your country. It's just that it's not being let out because the media is still under the control of the dark side, except for the internet. They made a. They fundamentally didn't realize what the internet was going to do. Yeah, it's going to increase all the intelligence exchange at the colleges and the government levels, military levels, but it's also going to bring the people together and educate people in a way that they never was able, nobody was able to do before that. Dolly, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <clears throat> I'm eating popcorn and listening. Oh, for heaven's sakes, you and your popcorn. <laughs> Every time you say popcorn, I want some. I wish I could give you some. It's buttered popcorn. Yeah, next time I go to the store, I'm going to buy myself a bag of popcorn. Oh, get the... Uh... This this is the best that I have found. I have to look it up. But it's so good. You mean the one with the three types in the in the can? With the three types of popcorn in the can? One was as buttered, the, the other one has a, a caramel, and I forget the third one. Although the three different tastes in the in the can. Not in the can though. Well, not in the can. I'm getting there. There we go. It's it's in a um popcorn. There it is. Extra butter. I get the extra butter. Uh. Oh come on. There it is. Pop secret. P O P S E C R E T. And I get the double butter one. Oh my gosh, is it good? 
Now, is that in the bag, or do you have to pop it? It's, it is in the bag, but you have to pop it. Oh, okay. You pop it in the microwave? Yes. Oh, dear God, don't do that. Well, I'm gonna, because I like it. <laughs> All right. But you don't have to if you don't like it, you know. There's some organic popcorn out there that I used to eat. It was really good. And it was uh, not poison. You microwave the popcorn, the butter turns into poison. Just something to think about. Did they stop making that that uh, popcorn that looked like a little, uh, uh, about like a what do you what do you call it like a like a pan? Remember you had told like us to do oh, Jiffy Pop. Jiffy uh, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, Jiffy. Yeah. Did they stop making that? I don't know. No. All you had to do was take take the uh, cardboard thing and just put it on the on, on the on the burner. And then it would it would pop, and then it would blow up. No, no, no. Half of it would pop. The rest of it would turn into this charcoal stuff. Oh. It was, at least the way my mother would make it. I think <laughs> she tried it a couple of times, and it was like awful. Well, I tried it. I tried it was it good, was good but, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I, don't, I wasn't I was, sure if they still make it. Well, let, let, let's get real here. When I'm talking about her doing that, that was probably 60 years ago. Mm. <laughs> they may have made changes. Ay, ay, ay. Well, thankfully, we're at four minutes. On, maybe it's four minutes. Maybe it's less. Yeah, about four minutes left to the show. We actually got through the show. <laughs> <laughs> we could take that Jiffy Pop to the camp uh, when you go camping and... It put it over the fire and it would pop too. Yeah. That's... When I was growing up, my grandfather grew corn and some of the corn was for popping. Uh-huh. And they would, they, you'd take the kernels off of it, then you'd put it in this basket and he would build a fire. And you'd have to put it in the, in the fire and shake it. Uh-huh. And you know, he would. He knew how to shake it just perfect. So you had this hot popcorn that had just come out of the uh, out of the garden. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, Orville Redenbacher, he did. He grew popcorn in Indiana. Bremen or Muncie? Maybe it was Bremen. But. Um, he really had good popcorn before it got so commercial because you, you used to could go to his farm and just buy it direct from him so it wasn't wrapped in fancy packages or anything. But it was so good because it was homegrown and fresh out of, the, out of the field. I enjoyed his popcorn. I'm hot. Are you guys hot? I'm hot. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not you know, it's my age. I don't really get hot. I mean, I don't. People don't think I'm hot. I'm a little old lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a cover. Uh, so people don't suspect anything. I do. I, I feel like I'm in I'm in some kind of a costume. To be honest with you. 
because the person inside this body is not the person they're looking at. You know, I, I, I watch them and it's, it's somebody, was it you, Dolly, or somebody said, oh, I know who it was. And they said, I really don't care what they think of me. They think of me as a little old lady, so let them think that. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I God. don't care what they think of me. Yeah. Oh, hey, I meant to tell you, when we ordered the tile for for the house, um, my smile was worth $100. What? He took, he took off $100 on the bill because of my smile. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he I bet he, does, he, he tells that to every one of the people. Well, he, well, he, I, I, don't know. I don't know. But he liked, but he us, liked so us so much, much that he that got he us got every, every discount, discount he could think of. Cool. Got us a discount that was better than the military discount and... A discount. I I don't remember what all the discounts were, but that's how much he liked us, and we ended up paying a lot less than we would have had to. It was a good experience. Awesome. Yeah. So we're down to the last minute. You want to say uh, bye there or whatever you want to say? (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. We enjoy your companies, and I hope you enjoy our companies. Don't forget love blankets. Jake is doing better, but not well yet. So uh, thank you for your prayers and love blankets to him. Bye-bye. Walt, you want to say bye? Good night, Captain. Good night, Sheriff. It's wonderful to be here with you guys, even though we had nothing to talk about at all. At all. (laughs) Radio 5G tomorrow at noon. Be safe, everybody. Thank you. Be blessed. Reaching, reaching the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.